Welcome to Essential Coaching Conversations with Kyle and Asim. The real, relevant, necessary conversations to help you navigate coaching, teaching, learning, and life. Coaches, welcome in to episode 30, almost one for each day of a month. Uh, we're almost there, Kyle, depending on the month, certainly not in February. Um, and I neglected to say this last time, but being a February 29th baby, I uh, we, we just recorded episode 29 and that would have been perfect for a leap year. So um, we're, we're rolling, man. And I'm really excited about some of the things that we have coming up. Um, as far as topics, I think once we get into a little bit of like off-season type things and our both of our basketball-centric seasons end, I mean, obviously, like you're going to move right into, you know, softball and track and whatever, but like, um, you know, certainly a lot when it comes to recruiting and a lot of like thoughts about the seasons where we've had, things that we've noticed. Um, so I, I'm pumped to get into all of that. Um, but again, just to, to share some gratitude uh, briefly for our listeners. Thank you all for sticking with us for the equivalent of a month's worth of episodes. Uh, I guess technically with like the special edition Thanksgiving episode, we are at 31. So you could potentially listen to us for a whole month. Um, that'd be great if you did. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing the podcast. I mean, I've, I've had a couple people reach out recently saying somebody sent them uh, our pod. So, you know, again, like just really... I'm super grateful as we reflect sort of like on creating a month's worth of content. Um, just super grateful that like people are still listening. Like when we get those alerts that like people are listening, I think that's super cool. And I don't think that's ever going to get old. Um, and so just like, very, very grateful uh, for that. Um, I also want to give a shout out. I know we've shouted them out several times already on the pod, but recently one of our EC fam, Kip Ione, um, we we got a chance to spend a weekend together and I was doing some work with his program and kind of like watching how he operates in teams of men's space and stuff like that. And one of our other EC fam in Kenya, Moses, um, and we're going to talk about this in depth when we talk in our resources episode that's coming up here in about two months. Um, we were able to connect Kip and Moses and have Kip and his junior class. So he has in his program, each class does a, a project every year. It's a service project. So the junior class took on sending uh, old camp basketballs and some gear and stuff to Kenya. Um, and it finally got there. Uh, invoices are paid. And, and we received a couple of videos and pictures of our, our Kenyan brother, Moses, and, and Coach Edwin out there um, putting the balls to good use, pumping them up, and, and kids finally have real basketballs to play with. Um, so really grateful for that as well. And this is why we do what we do. And I think we're going to talk about it today as well uh, in this episode. You can see from the title, it's Less is More. Um, and, and I think it's a really important reminder, Kyle, and I'll throw this to you here for your comments on this, but it's a really valuable reminder of recentering why we do what we do and knowing that there's exponential generational change that can be created through prioritizing connection and prioritizing engagement um with our with our ec fam and you know at, you know at home and abroad yeah talking with coaches at this particular point in the basketball season. So again, apologize if you're not a, a basketball coach with this being a little bit more basketball centric, but think back to your, your fall seasons that just ended football. Maybe you play, you know, fall, fall softball, or you're in the middle of like winter soccer, or you're getting ready to start your, your spring seasons. You'll be here in a couple of months by the time April rolls around where, you know, at this point in the season, things are starting to drag on. You're tired, you're worn out. And being able to keep those priorities together uh, becomes exponentially valuable. And, and that kind of is, is hitting off of kind of teasing what we're going to um, talk about today. But I think what, what helps make that possible, uh, more likely to be possible, is sticking to your why, your vision, your mission, the big foundational pr principles as to why you got into these things. And 
you know, when, when the, the scoreboard might not be working out in your favor, you're dealing with, you know, injuries and travel and just lots of things, attrition that the, the season brings on. Maybe you, you know, we're had super high hopes and things have not quite worked out, or you're, you've got some, some parent issues, some player issues, some administrative issues, some message board issues, booster issues, like whatever the, the things that just inherently come with, with coaching, when you can get one of those wins that ties you back to your why and why you're doing what you're doing, when you get an opportunity to make an impact, even if it's not an impact that's directly involved in your program right now, maybe it's halfway across the world with people that you're never, ever going to see or meet, but knowing that you did some good in the world and that you're, you're modeling that example for the people that are in your program, that I think now is the time where those become extremely important and extremely impactful. And so uh, I, I think that's a great little challenge here to coaches as you're in the middle of your season in the thick of it where we're going to talk about less is more at this particular point in time. But if you can carve out some time to do some truly impactful things, you know, community service isn't necessarily for the summer. Community service isn't necessarily for the off season when we quote unquote have the time for it. You know, if we're going to sit here and talk about things like you, you know, you are what you say you do, or, you know, anything, anything you, what am I trying to say? A scene that the quote we hate, how you do anything (laughs) is how you do everything. Right. How you do anything is how you do everything. Well, why not go ahead and do some of those things right now? You know, we can sacrifice a day of, of prep or scout or film or something to truly make an impact on somebody. And, and, and it's amazing where like that, that, you know, sort of good karma and juju out in the world kind of comes back to you when you're doing those things. And, and so I think this is a great time right now. Um, if you're in that particular point of your season, and for those of you that are catching this right now, you're not in that, that point yet but that's coming, right? And maybe even if you just finished your season in the fall, reflecting on those moments now and preparing yourself for, for fall of 23, you know, I, I think that's, that's extremely important. It kind of ties us back to that, but it does tee us up uh, you know, pretty nicely here for this idea of less being more. And if you are familiar with anything that we do, you know we call ourselves essential coaching. And we talk a lot about, you know, hashtag stay essential. We talk about doing less, cutting the fluff. We did, uh, for those of you that are familiar with our Twitter chats on Monday nights, the EC rocket chat, we did about an eight or nine, about a two month, I think, um, series on what we call decluttering season in the off season, you know, spring cleaning comes around the house is a mess. You've been on the road. You've been busy chasing kids, doing this, doing that working, and you kind of look around your house and it's like, yo, we need to do something about this. We need to sweep out the garage, we need to get the leaves off the porch. You know, we need to throw some things away. Maybe it's time for some new sheets, new towels. Maybe it's time to, you know, new Tupperware in the drawer, you know, whatever the case may be. It's kind of the spring is abounding. It's new. It's, it's time to sort of flip the page. And we went through about eight weeks of that in terms of you know, offense and defensive tactics, practice planning, player development. Uh, There were some things on there on like scouting, film prep, uh, program communication. You know, what are things that we can do to declutter the the cabinets, you know, in your kitchen to make things not just decluttered, but then when you really do need something, it's easier to find, streamline some things, and then get back to the four priorities that we talk an awful lot about, which are engagement, connections, um, speed, and health. And if you've ever heard us talk from the basketball centric point of things, having our essential elements, sprint, space, seeking, selecting. So anytime we start to feel like we're starting to wander off on too many paths, those are the core things that will bring us back and recenter us. And I, you know, you and I have both been talking about this for a while. When we get into this part of our seasons, you specifically for basketball, me coming from soccer to basketball and now already transitioning into my spring sports where I've got three things all hitting at once. There's a lot going on and there's a lot that I, I want to do, especially from a creative standpoint. Um, but I, I just can't, I can't do it all. I have to prioritize some things and it's very difficult to make those decisions. But um, I know this is something that will hit home with a lot of coaches because you're all, you're all sitting here thinking about this right now. And it feels almost kind of wrong and dirty to say, no, we're not going to do something or we're going to cut this fluff and we're going to, you know, either take this off day or trim practice down 20 minutes, or we're not going to do that drill or, you know, we're going to, we're going to take certain things out. Um, but we want to talk today about, about less being more and how we can prioritize fewer things and get more bang for our buck that way. 
Yeah. And I think that's such a great way to tee that up. And, and I think if you've listened to this pod enough, you know that none of this is scripted. Like we're not sitting here with sheets of paper in front of us, like of things that we've typed out like a script to say, but I think the synergy between us, and this is a comment that was made to me by one of my coworkers at where I work, um, that we just have a great way of like feeding off of each other. So you saying what you just said really tees it up. And I want to talk first about this concept of time. And we're going to talk a lot about time when we talk about the resources, you know, vision roadblock, but time is the one non-renewable resource that we have. Um, Especially when it comes to the way that we schedule things, the way that we choose to spend our time on certain things. And so if we're talking about less is more, even before we get into anything physical, anything with, you know, cognitive load and things like that, like the first thing we have to talk about is how we're prioritizing our time and how we're prioritizing time for our athletes and for our learners. And so as the coaches, you know, as a head coach, assistant coach, if you have some sort of influence in the program, not many assistant coaches don't, um, being able to sort of like advocate for and really think about how am I spending their time? And I think that's sort of maybe a novel concept because a lot of coaches do believe that it's their time, like their their individual time that they're giving up to coach. But you have to understand like the context for the athletes is so different. Basketball or football or track or whatever is a part of their day. It's not their whole day. And we talked about that in the last episode about fun and the last two episodes about fun. But, you know, when we talk about less being more, a lot of times coaches believe like, and Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is a pretty common thing that like once we get late into the season, we can practice for less time, but make it more intense. You've heard this before, right? Mm -hmm. I would argue that Practicing for less time doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything if you're jamming a bunch of intensity into a shorter period of time. I think you're actually wearing your athletes out more by doing that rather than having a cadence to the practice that allows them to catch their breath, that allows them to compete at an appropriate level. And what I would also say is in that time, how much of that time have we spent on their development as people and as athletes in terms of their skill development individually and like decision-making and all of those things, as opposed to spending that time with the full team doing full team things. And so I think there's multiple layers to this time element. And I'm solely really speaking about just on the playing surface, but even things like how much time we're spending on doing scout how much time we are allotting for personal development off the court. Like you talked about community service and the sort of like being convenient when it's in the summer because we have nothing to do or like in the off season because we have no game prep to do. Why does the community only need serving then when it's convenient for us? And so in a similar vein, like why is it only important? And this is a question that I'm asking to the coaches listening to this. Why is it only important that we're prioritizing our players' mental, emotional, you know, physical well-being when it's convenient, like when we have break? And so we have more time when we don't have game prep. Who are we really preparing and what are we preparing them to do? And can we maximize the amount of time that we're spending by spending less of it and and putting like more intentionality into using that as a constraint to get the best bang for our buck and do less. And I think that that is a really, really like, it may be a controversial opinion. I don't know if it is. I think there's coaches that are well-intentioned and want to do that, but there's always this idea that like, we need to do one more rep or we need to do one more of this, or, Oh, let me just show you this last set that they might run during the game but they don't really run it that much. Like I've only seen them run it maybe like twice this season, but, oh, we got to be prepared for it. And in that moment, I think what we're really doing is deprioritizing, keeping it simple and being good at what we want to be good at. 
right? So there's, I think there's a lot of thoughts there, but I, to, to sum that piece up and I'll throw it to you, like when we say less is more, it's not just spending less time, but going at the same intensity. It's about retooling what we're doing with that less time that we're spending to give us the biggest possible advantage for our our learners, for our athletes, like emotional, psychological, and physical well-being to prioritize that health so then they can move and think at speed. Yeah, and we were sort of joking about this analogy uh, that I'll try to explain here uh, before we started recording, because you and I have been on the road so much and we talk about like, you know, we have varying levels of, of trip dates. So I've had nights where I've gone one night. I've had trips this season where I've been gone eight. And it's it's kind of like when you get ready to go on the road, you don't really know what to bring, depending on where you might be going. What's the weather going to be like? What do I really need? You want to be prepared. You know, you want to bring as much stuff with you that's possible. So I'm, I'm sure most of you have at least traveled somewhere in your lifetime. Maybe you've flown uh, as well. And to think about it in terms of like, okay, for a for a two day trip, you're packing the big bag, the big suitcase. And so we're cramming, you know, an extra pair of pants, an extra hoodie, you know, this toiletry, a couple of hats, an extra pair of shoes, because we don't really know what we're going to need or what we might want. And we're just, we don't, since the bag is big enough, we're just going to fill it up anyway, right? We don't necessarily need all of the things that we're bringing, but since we have the space, let's just go ahead and cram, you know, two extra shirts in there. And then our book bag, you know, we throw an extra book for reading, even though we're probably not going to read the first one. You know, we've got the extra charger, we're grabbing this, we're grabbing a snack, we're doing all that kind of stuff. And then we're, we're loaded down for bear. And so what I'd like to, to try to imagine is like, okay, let's say we're going to take, you took that amount of stuff for a two-day trip. Next week, we're going to take a five-day trip and I'm going to force you to only bring the small bag, the small suitcase. And so the first reaction is, well, there's no way I could pack in the small suitcase for five days. You know, if I've got to bring all this stuff for two days, I, I definitely need to bring at least that amount for a five-day trip. And the idea here is that all of that stuff you packed for that two-day bag, uh, two-day trip in that bag, you didn't use half of it anyway. But the problem with overpacking like that is you still have to wash all those clothes when you get home anyway. You didn't use them, but they're thrown in with all the other dirty stuff, the things that you actually did use. So even when you get home and the last thing you want to do is laundry, well, now you got two loads of laundry instead of one because you've created more work for yourself on something that didn't even come to fruition to begin with. And so as you get to these points in your season and we're adding, you know, a new play, a new wrinkle, that third defense, um, you know, we've, we've, we've put this in, we've put that in, we've added an extra drill, we've added another layer to something, not just you know, we've been experimenting all year about what might happen, new lineups, you know, all of those things. But at this point in the season, eventually your identity has to start to take shape. And we've got to figure out who we are, who we want to be. How do we want to lose? How are we okay losing? What are we willing to give up? What do we want to go get? And at some point, we're going to have to start taking some, some laundry out of the, the luggage. And at this point in the season, not only do we not need to be cramming more things in our bag, we need to start taking some things out of it. And one other analogy that kind of pops in my head is like, if I had a book bag full of rocks and I have to walk up a hill with those book bag full of rocks, I'm eventually going to get tired because the, the hill is, is steadily going up. There is no downslope to your season. It's constantly uphill. And so I'm going to get progressively, you know, weaker, more tired as I go up that hill. The only way to help me get up the hill faster is to start taking rocks out of the bag. But we go the opposite direction. Not only do we just not keep the same amount of rocks in the bag, we are adding rocks in our bag. We are cramming heavier things into the book bag as we're getting to the steepest part of the hill. And if you think about that in terms of your season, you are if you're a basketball coach right now, you are reaching the steepest parts of your season. And we are constantly adding more rocks to the book bag that we are all having to collectively move up the hill. So if you think about it in terms of, okay, well, I'm not just going to add anything that might be, you know, better than good, but what might be best? Take some of those out. What are some things that we can offload? Our minds, our players' minds, what are some things we can do to help for some of their, their mental clarity, their rest, their recovery, 
you know, how do we get back to prioritizing that, that speed and that health by not just not overcomplicating things, but how can we actively make things simpler for them? Well, and I think like to that point, that, that last analogy of the rocks, like not only do we need to take them out, but I think we need to replace them with the lighter things, right? So I don't think it's necessarily about completely cutting things and saying like, we don't, we aren't going to do this, this, and this, even though we know it's probably good for us. It's about like, how do we take those rocks and make them feathers where we feel lighter, where our minds feel a little bit lighter and less cluttered and we're able to perform. And because this is what this is about, right? It's about performance. So mm. engagement and motivation, like I'm not going to be motivated to run up that hill with a, with a backpack full of rocks. Like it's just not going to happen. I'm going to disengage very quickly and say, this is stupid. Right. And so if I'm going to do that as, as a professional coach, like imagine what players are doing when they have their own rocks. And now we're adding our rocks and our insecurities into their bags. I think that's even like a bigger layer to that whole analogy is like, we take our insecurities as coaches and project them onto our players because we want to make sure that we feel like we did our job. But in the process, there's a significant offloading of the wrong things into our players' bags. And then we expect them to, at a 110%, using coaching, you know, coach speak, sprint up this massive mountain with the insecurities we've projected onto them. When we're the ones who are in charge of creating the environment where they can be the most secure. And so when we say like less is more using that analogy, it's not just about removing the rocks because some like somebody's going to have to carry those or we leave them at the bottom of the mountain. How do we take those rocks and replace them with something that is better to be carried up? Right? Because the more rocks you're carrying, the less room you have for food and water. The more rocks you're carrying, the less room you have for a sleeping bag to get your rest. If we're using this analogy. And so if we're going to sit here and say, like, we need to prioritize engagement, motivation, you know, for performance, health, speed, all of these things. And then we're just adding more and more and more and more and more. We're really decluttering the things we should be prioritizing. You're never going to be able to get up that mountain at a pace that you want to if, if they're, you know, if their packs are too heavy. And so what I, you know, I say all that to say, like the general cadence of a week for most teams, and let's say you're playing two games a week, you're going to have one day off. Is that off day really an off day? Maybe, maybe not. You're going to have maybe a recovery day. Is that recovery day really a recovery day? Or are we spending three hours because we feel like we have to get them in, get them out. At this point in the season, everybody is hurt. Everybody on every team. There is not one player in the country in basketball, football, whatever. It doesn't matter your sport. That is not dealing with some sort of physical ailment. And if they're not, hey, good for them. Like they're robust. Definitely mentally, there's something that's taking a toll. How do we lighten that load? How do we really recover as opposed to saying we are, but then spending like hours at the facility doing things that don't need to be a part of their day, especially if you just came off the road or whatever it is, right? You're gonna have a day off, you have a recovery day after maybe playing or whatever. Then you're right back into game prep for the next thing. Now, most teams or most most schools have likely played the opponent they're playing before. Right. Unless you're in a league that maybe plays like everybody wants or something like that. I mean, those things exist. Right. I think in football, it might be a little bit different, but also you're only playing one game a week and you know when that game is going to be like that never really changes. How do we lighten the cognitive load by doing less in, ther- in terms of scouting? How do we increase their engagement, increase the connections on our team? and increase the speed by which we can play and play freely through our player development as the season goes on. Because you'll notice like the one thing that is removed 
from most programs late in the season is anything to do with individual development because it's all about team development. It's all about what are we going to do to stop the other team instead of how do we prepare our players to be the best versions of themselves, which is what we would say in any recruiting meeting, which is what we would say anytime we talk to the media. We're trying to put our, our you know, use any coach speak you want. We're trying to put our kids in position to be successful. How many times have you heard that, Kyle? In, in every press conference. Yeah. Right. We want to play fast. Okay. Do you want to play fast at the beginning of the season? Sure. But now that it's February, do you really play fast? Probably not. Right. Because everything has ground to a halt and our players really haven't gotten any better. And I say our players as in like collectively, I'm adopting everybody's players right now. Right. It's not like it's not one program in the country, it's everywhere. Right. It's, it is something that has entered our coaching lexicon. It is something that has entered how we look at the sport experience that I think <clears throat> that I think less is more when we're talking about doing full team practice every single day. Not every kid should be at full team practice every single day, especially if you have kids that play like major minutes. They don't need to be practicing with the full team running fives every single day. There is value to doing less of that and more small group and individualized work to continue to hone the skills that are going to help us win games. The scout shows you what might happen. Realistically, your players are the ones who make things happen. And so if we are adopting the less is more philosophy in the wrong way, it's my postulation, and this is the experiment, right? We talked about experimentation and stacking mm -hmm. standards or um, hacking standards. It's my hypothesis that as the season progresses and if we've installed, quote unquote, all the things we need to be, you know, to have installed, I think you alluded to this earlier, like our identity is our identity. Our players are who they are. But what's the better use? of that time is it the full team concepts of like you know we're only going to play five on five which is great like play five on five i'm not saying don't play five on five but are we just going to allow our players to steadily sort of like denouement through the season and like go down or are we going to allow them to continue to improve as the season goes on in the in the context of our identity and then we can shorten the amount of time that we're spending on all this other stuff that has nothing to do with them and their development. And in so doing, we've now raised the intensity level in a shorter period of time and gotten better, more meaningful reps for each kid so that they have a chance to contribute and feel confident and thus feel prepared for the game more so than doing more in scout or doing more in watching like copious amounts of film on other people and on other teams. Ooh, that's great. <laughs> I kind of got lost in the middle of that. That was, I don't, I don't know if I have a whole lot I can really add to that. I think less is more in this instance, and I don't need to pile on with, with, <laughs> with what you just said. I, I, as you're talking though, I started kind of drifting out of the work area and then kind of like into personal life as well, because you, you think about the work that you carry home with you and the home that you carry to work with you. And the more work that piles up in one facet of your life, the more that clogs up, you know, how successful and what we can get done in the next. And so this idea of like the cluttered cabinet or the, the book bag with the rocks or the extra laundry and the extra things that if we can't let that go and leave it behind, we're bringing that stuff home with us. And the less successful we are at the office, you know, the, the less successful we're, we're probably going to be at home. And if you've got, you know, a family, a wife, kids or whatever, even if you're single, but you've got friends, you know, or you've got parents, you've got siblings, you're there's, 
there is some type of social life outside of that. And the harder it is to leave those things behind and then continue to be great in these other facets of your life. And so what, what often ends up happening is, is we do a lot less in our personal lives for the sake of the more in the work life. You know, we're willing to sacrifice time away from the office and not the time in the office, because that's, you know, especially if you're in a season that that's sort of all consuming. But if you're a teacher or you're an administrator or you, you know, run a, a project management team at a, at a firm, there is no off season for you. You're constantly going. So there is no like, let's take a breath now because we only have to get through the next three weeks of this season and then we can take a breath. Like, no, you're into your next thing. And, and this is kind of a sidebar to a conversation you and I are having the other day, which I think we'll talk about this on the pod later. But like your support staff at your universities, your support staff at your high schools, your support staff at your, your firms, they don't get off seasons. They bounce from one thing to the next. And so them being able to offload some of this stuff or you being able to offload some of it for them allows them to be more successful and allows them to contribute more and have more return on the investment that they're putting into the program because they're not just serving one program or one head coach or one department. They have to serve everybody and they're getting stretched, you know, thinner and thinner and thinner. And those people have families and you just see this attrition, just it's it, uh, mentally in my head, I just see gr- like gears grinding to a halt. Mm-hmm. and people leaving professions and quitting coaching and getting out of teaching, you know, guilty and getting guilty. away from getting away from all of this stuff because it just wasn't worth that fight anymore. Or you mm-hmm. didn't see sort of light at the end of the tunnel and, Oh, I'll go try this over there. And yes, this profession or whatever you want to go do, there's issues with everything, but I'm so tired of these issues. I'm willing to, you know, to test what might be on the other side of the fence over there. And so I think that's where we as leaders have such a paramount responsibility to think about this stuff. And this will maybe tease that, that vision alignment roadblock that we'll talk about uh, you know, in the next episode or two, where we are the chief environmental creating officers. This is part of that environment, not just the high fives and the pizza parties and the gene days and the you know, the smiles and the way, you know, what we say over the intercom and, you know, walking around bebopping in offices and stuff like that, the actual work that people have to do and their autonomy and ability to be able to make the decisions of, can I offload this or do I not? Can I do this? Can I not? What can I prioritize here? And trusting people and putting them in positions to make decisions and be successful. That's a massive part of this leadership piece that I think often gets either overlooked or maybe seldom talked about, under talked about for sure, because a lot of times leadership gets thrown into this idea of like, well, I lead the meeting and I organize something. So Mm -hmm. therefore I'm a leader. When in reality, it's not just the overall cultural environment, it's the everyday climate environment. Mm -hmm. And all of this comes back to these next best decisions that we're either saying, yes, we're going to add this or no, we're we're not. And then we're going to prioritize what we need to prioritize. And more importantly, perhaps we're going to deprioritize what needs to be deprioritized. And it doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't matter and we won't ever come back to it again. But in this moment in time right now, like maybe this is not the time for that. Maybe mm. now's the time we need to shift and go into a different direction. Um, but, I, but again, as you were sort of beautifully and eloquently flowing there, that it always takes me back now to, okay, well, how is that work going to affect home? And understanding that every again, we're not robots. We're not binary ones and zeros. All right. We all have to deal with things as, as human beings. And that work-life stuff, we, as much as we want to hope that our players turn off their, their human beingness and flip into these, you know, one and zero binary robots, it's just not, it's just not likely. Not only is it not likely, I think it's a, like a, an unfair expectation of like, you know, leaving it at the door. And I think this is where the, the, the crux of like less is more comes into play. Like I think the tendency is 
early in the season to prioritize connections. So we'll bring in a speaker. We'll you know, do a standard setting activity. We'll, we'll do a bunch of things at the beginning of the season to sort of like connect the people in our purview. So whether that's, you know, as an administrator in your department, as a, as a coach, you know, the people on your team, whatever, right. I think we can all sort of like understand the cadence of how the beginning of a year works. So like even, you know, hearkening back to our experience in the classroom, you talked about gene days and stuff like that. I turned every day into a gene day by the, by the end of my career. Like I just didn't care anymore. Like, and I also worked at a school that didn't have a dress code, which was great. Like that was phenomenal. It was probably the best part about it, but you know, the beginning of the year, like we have all this money in the budget to give, you know, get food for us. And like the PTO is, is out there in full force, like trying to recruit teachers to care about what the PTO does. You know what I mean? Like there's just this whole, like, hubbub at the beginning of the year and everybody wants to just connect because we've been off for so long and then we hit that that like peak point where we've just we're going uphill and it's a grind we're slogging through and all of a sudden all we're craving is connection with other people but none of that happens unless you seek it out and the majority of the time when those things are being sought out the quality of that connection is about shared struggle and not about like the joy of what we're doing because it's literally like, I need somebody to commiserate with right now. And so thinking about that from an adult perspective, if adults are doing that, I think generally like we don't give our young people enough credit for like staying on the straight and narrow. I think they do a good job. But the tendency is to do that. And so when we're talking about like less is more, if we're going to spend time in the film room or in the classroom anyway, why not take some of that time to continue prioritizing connection throughout the year? Like in an effort to make that just what we do, as opposed to only doing it if there's like some sem- like some sort of emergency and then we have to prioritize connection and we have to sit down and like it i i just don't like to me it just it's such common sense that you would just keep making sure that we are the most connected team in the country and that's like whatever level you're at right you work at D1 i work at D3 we both worked in high school like it doesn't matter what level you're on like we we have a graphic that we put out sometimes about like be the team that's impossible to scout or, or whatever the, the phraseology is like be the team other teams can't prepare for. And it's like, yeah, we can prepare for your X's and O's, but we cannot prepare for how connected you are as a team. So instead of preparing for what they're going to run or preparing for the eventuality of what might happen when the ball gets tipped, right. Or, or, whether we win the toss or we don't like all the game stuff like that's it's already going to happen regardless but how we feel about playing in that game what is our climate and our connectedness how much time have we devoted to that as opposed to how much time we devote at home for example watching that extra half an hour of film watching that extra hour of film going through analytics and like trying to see where the stats lead us and all of these things. Like nobody's saying that stuff isn't important, but you have an entire work day to do those things. And so when we're going back to the analogy you used at the beginning about the rocks in the backpack, we're adding more rocks in the backpack and every person carries that differently. And we're not leaving any room for them to connect with each other about the joy that could be climbing that mountain together. Instead, what we're doing is encouraging them to try to share how much that load is impacting them with somebody else. And all of a sudden, we're all miserable climbing that mountain, not realizing we're the ones who've affected ourselves that way. I think that's a really like, it is a hard lesson to learn. And I don't think either of us have been particularly good. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think either of us have been particularly good at like, learning that lesson for ourselves i think it's easy for us to talk about but like it's a constant process to do that 
And like, I think this episode is not just for the listeners. I think this episode is for us too, right? To like, what are we deprioritizing in our own lives? Um, And what are we trying to prioritize in our lives that isn't being prioritized? And I think it's just a really hard balance because the context of every day changes, which is why having that thought partner and like seeing it from a 30,000 foot view is so helpful. And it sort of brings us back to why we do what we do. Like we have coaches that reach out all the time who are dealing with these same things. And it's very easy for us to like reconcile through some of it. But then in the same vein, like I know I lean on you for that and you lean on me for that. Like we try to figure that out together. Um, you know, but I, I, the the whole point being though, that like we have the same 24 hours as everybody else. Like nobody else gets 25 hours. It's not a thing how we choose to use those things and like creating this essential philosophy of like, this is what is important. This is why it's important. And do my players, do our our learners understand that? And how much say have they gotten in that? And how are we constantly reassessing what we are putting them through? Because they're going to keep showing up. But why should they keep showing up? What's the benefit to them? regardless of whether you're winning or losing is what we are doing good for them. Is it better for them or is it the best thing for them? And that's the evolution that I think we as a coaching community need to go through. And it's like an active process to do that. Um, And hopefully it starts. I mean, it's already started, I think in some corners of the world, but like hopefully this pod serves some of that and like creates some of that, um, that energy to keep that evolution going. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that this is for us too, because, you know, I think if somebody's out there listening right now, like, okay, I got out of coaching. So life became a lot simpler for me and I'm not as busy. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily the case. You're just going to find things to put in the bag, right? Like if you take something out of the suitcase, you're just going to find something to replace it with. And since getting out of coaching, you know, you and I have created a business partner with somebody on another one, started a podcast, we have a Twitter chat, like stuff will fill up that time regardless. So no, I'm not in a gym worried about scouts and practice plans and, and, and going to tournaments in a high school gym every weekend, but my time has been picked up by all of these other things. And so, you know, I took all the rocks out of my bag and then three months later, guess what? Full of just different rocks, right? So that that constant reflective process and having somebody like what you're talking about to keep coming back to like, okay, is this important? Because I think for a long time, you know, you and I have even had ideas through essential coaching. Hey, it would be great if we started a podcast. Mm, I don't know if now is the time for that. Like that's one more thing that we, and we're not just doing one podcast episode. Let's release material every week. Okay. Well, if we're going to do that, that's a commitment. And we have to prioritize that time. I mean, and, and one of the hardest, probably just letting you guys into a little bit of essential coaching here for a minute, but one of the hardest decisions that you and I have made with EC was stopping our regularly weekly calls with our OG groups during COVID. And that's, I mean, that was essentially all essential coaching was, was us getting on a Zoom with, you know, with some of our, our closest people and talking through life things. But as soon as the season started to come back and people started getting back to work and you and I got busier and they got busier, it became harder and harder to find the time to do that. And something had to give. And that was a really difficult thing for us to do, because, again, at the time, like that's what essential coaching was. If without that, it didn't exist. And so we've had to deprioritize some things, but then reprioritize others and trying to stay connected with a lot of people that we do work with. And it's, it's different now in 2023 than it was in 2020 and 2021, but we're still trying to do a lot of that same work, but it was a, it was a very difficult decision to be like, no, we just can't do that anymore. Like for the sake of our families, like that one night home, like we can't spend it away from, from the dinner table, you know, and, and this has become difficult in how to prioritize time to find time to record. And then we've got to go, you know, make, prospect calls for playmakers and we've got all these other things and you've got to figure out how to sort of manage all of this but you and I have talked about you know writing a book 
a YouTube channel. We've talked about doing all that. There's all these things that we want to do. And I still think that you and I eventually will get to a place where we do them. But it's not just about doing something for the sake of doing something. It's about making sure that we can commit the right amount of time to it because we respect the process too much and respect those that might consume this too much to not give them a crappy product to make sure that they're, you know, we can't give them what they deserve and it's, it's not worth doing. And I think that comes back to a lot of what we do, especially in the coaching profession of we're just adding things to add things, Mm -hmm. or we're trying to create content just for the sake of creating content. And everybody out there is worried about their brand and they want to add this and they want to add that to expand this and expand that. And again, not, not knocking, you know, anybody's, hustle by any means but are we doing it for the right reasons and are we doing it for the sake of who might come in contact with it and i think if you know again if we can give ourselves some credit for being reflective we've been very good at slow playing a lot of these things because we didn't want to jump into them too fast but at the same time that's also a very difficult thing to do because we want to do more stuff like it would be great to jump in and have and have this podcast going for a year and a half already or have that book done or all of those things. But it, a lot of times it is, you know, it's the job you don't take. A lot of times it's the trip you don't take. A lot of times it's the interview you say no to. A lot of time it's the, you know, the, the opportunity that you don't do that frees up the time to make sure you're maximizing, you know, and, and being where your feet are, as it were. And that, that is as much coach speak as anything else. Right, be a star in your role. Mm-hmm. Be where your feet are. Grow where you're planted. Trust the process. And you know, I think we've we've talked about the process and stuff before, and and sort of not to belabor the point here, but like, in order to trust the process, you have to trust who's espousing the process. And as a coach, if you just demand that your players trust the process that you're putting them through. And let's not get it twisted. Like you're putting them through something. I think it's a fallacy to believe that they should blindly do that. If we are not actively working to make that process as palatable as possible. And decluttering the process so that we can have alignment and that we can have clarity and that the product, just like you talked about, like us not putting out a crappy product. Now, some people might think it's a crappy product, but those people probably aren't our demographic that we're, we're talking to, right? Like, we also don't want to put out a crappy product in the sport realm. And so... We continually, and I say we, like we as coaches continually have to reassess that process to know that we are prioritizing the right things and that we are doing the most with the least amount of, and investment is the wrong word because I think we're all invested, we're all taking ownership, but the least amount of like extra effort to make something a reality that doesn't need to be a reality. And I think that's probably part of the art of coaching is knowing when to speed up and when to slow down, Um, which ironically is one of the things on my essential 11 that I wrote over a decade ago is living with pace and with peace. And I think in an effort to like, especially in basketball now with like this idea of space and pace and like playing fast and whatever, like, slow is still a speed Mm -hmm. and we can prioritize that slow play knowing full well that it's going to pay off later like if we've learned nothing from our childhood reading the tortoise and the hare and all of those things like there's no finish line to this race and yeah your season might end but that doesn't mean that there's something that's not going to follow that right even in coaching like once the season's over it's straight into recruiting time it's straight into individual meetings time it's straight into reconciling the budget it's all of those things so realistically like 
if we approach this to keep ourselves as fresh as possible by doing less and knowing that less is more, the next task and like the next best decision, we can approach that with a tremendous amount of clarity because we have decluttered all of the stuff that didn't need to be there. And then we can reassess and say, hey, maybe next time we do need to do that, that we decluttered, but like it really didn't hurt us that much to not have it. Maybe we can find a happy medium that works for us. And like now we've, we've made our systems and our, our operations that much better. And that I think is like when, when you add like the Raka piece into that, I think it's just like so powerful. And that's why like you can't really get bored with coaching. Like, I think if you're getting bored or like you're doing the same thing year after year, after year, after year, after year, and like you're selling yourself short. I think you're selling your athletes short on the experience of like knowing how to reflect on this and like taking the good, taking the bad and like cutting out the things that don't need to be there and really just refining and refining and refining and refining. But you're never done with that. And you have to evolve with the game. You have to evolve with the people. And if you do prioritize connection, you do prioritize health and speed and engagement, like you're going to have a really, really successful career. And you can do that without winning a championship. Like I firmly believe that because you will have a holistic experience for everyone involved in the program. And everybody stays as fresh as they can possibly stay because we are not adding all of those rocks into their pack and expecting them to climb the mountain for us. And I think that's like a really, really powerful thing that I hope gives coaches some hope and some like some level of clarity on, hey, maybe we could do this better and be more fulfilled in the process. Mm-hmm. And I, one thing I kind of want to just add on there at the end, because you were talking about once the season's over with, I think there's this idea that like once we get to the top of that hill, that we're just going to automatically get to go back to the bottom of the hill and start going back down. When in reality, a lot of us don't ever come down from the hill and we just create another hill that we instantly have to start climbing. And the next thing we know, the new season is here. And it's like, man, where did the time go? I didn't get a chance to rest. I didn't get a chance to reflect. I didn't get a chance to you know, do all the things that I said I was going to do in December and January. Oh, when the season's over with, I'll start to, I'll do that. You know, I'll get back to prioritizing my health. I'll get back to this. I'll get back to that. I'll, I'll make that connection with those players. We'll do more community service. We'll do all those things. And then we get busy doing other things. And next thing we know, the season's back around and we're not doing that. And I think the, the, the challenge here that, um, you know, for coaches that I think you were kind of hitting at is like, we constantly are demanding, as you said, that players have to trust the process that we put in front of them just because we put it in front of them because of who we are. And so if we're going to demand that our players have to essentially prove themselves every single day over and over and over again in that process, then why wouldn't we as coaches have to prove it to our players that we understand what that process is? And it comes back to this idea of coaches being the least committed in the room most of the times. That if I'm going to demand, just because I'm your coach, I'm going to demand that you do X, Y, and Z, then the players should, if we're talking about a holistic, equitable experience, they should be able to look back at us and demand that same level of excellence and that same level of commitment from us as their coaches. 